Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 119. This week on the show, I've got an awesome conversation. I say that every week, but I really do think that they're all awesome. Uh, <laughs> but no, I get to talk with the band Deer Spring. Um, they're a pop punk, post pop punk, um, kind of a vibe rock type of outfit. Uh, they're based out of the Washington DC area. Um, and we had a ton of fun talking about all kinds of stuff. We had the whole crew on. So we talked about, uh, signing to open your ears records recently. We talked about having new music ready to, to launch, um, you know, a new EP coming out called Moments. Uh, that drops in just a couple weeks, uh, June 3rd. Um, and yeah, you know, again, it was just a lot of fun talking to the guys and having um, kind of everyone there and available to give different perspectives or, you know, give an answer around an area that, you know, sometimes the lead singer isn't you know, doing too much when it comes to social media or logistics for tour, you know, routing or whatever. Uh, but when you have the whole band, especially when it's a DIY band, you get all these different perspectives on what they're doing and how they're doing it and just kind of some insight on the band chemistry and what it takes to really put it in there. Um, and yeah, the guys were super awesome. So Definitely want to give them a big shout out. Think you guys need to be checking them out. Um, head over to their socials, obviously, and, and follow them. But do that after you listen to our interview. Um, because I think there's going to be a lot of information in here that is going to give you some insight into kind of who they are as a band, but who they are as people as well. So let's just dive into this. Uh, this is my conversation with Deer Spring. Um, so to kick things off, I do start off with the same boring ass question, uh, and that's the simple introduction. So let's kind of go around the chat, introduce yourself, you know, what you do in the band. Um, and since we've got the whole group, I'm going to say, pick a fun fact, but it has to be about a different member of the band. All right. <laughs> fun facts about members of the band. Okay. I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll oh, go okay, first. No, you, got, you got it, Marty. I've got a, I've got a fun one. It's, I'll make it really short, but it's a bit of an explanation. So, okay, my name's, uh, my name's Marty. I play drums in Deer Spring, and uh, my fun fact is about Cam. So, uh, to start the band off, I wrote a handful of demos and just recorded them at the studio that I was opening with a friend, and I put them on Craigslist, and Cam responded to that. He was like, "I really like the demos." We met up and we discovered that we have a mutual friend, which is the guy who was opening the recording studio with. And he sold that guy a Marshall JCM 800 guitar amp. And uh, I recorded the demos with that amp. So Cam responded to a Craigslist ad for demos with the band that unknowingly his guitar amp was used to record. So that's me. That is a pretty fun fact. Uh, yeah, fun. and every day I kick myself for giving it to him. So uh, <laughs> he's never going to give it back to me, I can tell you that. Um, so with that, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and go next. Um, my fun fact is about Dave. 
And obviously, you know, our dream is to make this band a full-time, you know, career. But, um, you know, we do have day jobs as well. And the fun fact about Dave is I feel like I've kind of led the path of the career choices. And then Dave's kind of followed behind because he's worked at the same organizations that I have uh, in the past. Um, it's not as cool as Marty's, but um, it's almost like Dave is following my footsteps, which also brings a tear to my eye, too. Oh, why, thanks, Cam. That's so nice. Oh, oh, It's the dad in me. A hundred percent. Oh, so then I'll go next. And uh, I'm Dave, and I play guitar. I'm Dave uh, Colon Marley's, and I play guitar in uh, Deer Spring. And my fun fact is that Cam's son, Zane, plays the drums. And you just teed that right up for me. And he's, like, barely even a couple years old. And he can already yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, he just turned 20 months. And seriously, um, if Marty ever injures himself as a drummer, uh, the backfill will definitely be my son. Solid. Solid. Nice. All right, so I guess I'll go next. So I'm Jonah. I, I do vocals for Deer Spring, lead vocals. Um, and my fun fact, I guess, will be about Dave, which is like back, way back when, when Deer Spring was still sort of forming up. Um, Dave is the one who said, hey, I, you know, my band's trying out some vocalists and we've, we've got this vocalist going right now. So why don't you, you want to come hang out? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Drove me out. To McLean, Virginia, where Marty was, and, and I think I think Cam, I think you were there too. Um, everybody was was currently auditioning a female vocalist for Deer Spring, um, and I heard the track that they were doing, and just kind of, oh man, can I please, can I please just throw some some vocals on this? And that's that's kind of how everything started. But it was it was all originally Dave that got me got me in into Deer Spring in the first place. So that's that's my fun fact. Solid. Uh, so how does it feel knowing that you were going up against female, you know, vocalist and it came over to you anyway? You know, so I did not, I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind that I could like be in Deer Spring at the time because the vocalist they had was phenomenal. She sounded incredible. She had amazing voice. And I sort of, you know, I was like, oh, well, they've, I mean, they've already got their idea for, you know, what they want for the band. But I just I loved the song so much. I was I, I basically was just like, well, I'll just I'll just do this for fun. Just, you know, because I'm a singer. I want to get some practice in. And then, you know, I showed it to Dave because I was like, hey, man, check this out. Like, just had some fun with the track. And um, that's, you know, and then he sent it off to, to the rest of the guys. And, and from there, you know, the rest of it is, is history. But I was I was not thinking I was going to be involved with Deer Spring at all at the time. It was kind <laughs> of um, it was perchance like it just happened organically. And our uh, the vocalist that we were kind of like, this was still very early stages and we're sort of auditioning her. And uh, there were some like availability issues and stuff. Like she was a student and going to be in like a different part. She's going to be up like in New York. And um, Jonah just came in with like a ton of energy and the chemistry was just right. So it was sort of just like a moment in time. Yeah. And I mean, that's when it happens organically like that, you can't ask for anything better, you know, like you could try to force it and not knocking, you know, the, the other vocalist by any means, you could have tried to make something work, but you know, when it becomes an organic thing and all the, the pieces fall into place, so to speak, 
it just makes life simpler and they it kind of lends itself to the band being free and open to uh create in a much more natural state yeah Yeah. definitely it gives a it gives a strong sense of comfort to the guys and what i like about this band is we're actually four good friends you know this is not just you know a bunch of strangers getting together and then yeah we just like making music and that's it we like to fucking hang out outside of the band we like to you know like these these guys are my uncle they're uncles to my kid basically yeah. and that's like yeah there's it's just super swell seeing them like interact with us and just not just talk about music too and i think based off of that we can be inspired you know to write great songs really because we just are not always in music mode we we know how to have fun too yeah and i I think that also lends itself a little bit to the commitment side of it right because obviously being a diy band and up until very recently unsigned and we'll get into that whole shebang as well but you know when you're kind of in that formation stage and trying to decide what we're going to do when you can get friends especially and people that are involved in your life like this to commit to the same goals that you have like you just there's an extra sense of security i guess within that definitely i was reflecting earlier today even i don't even know what kind of brought it on uh well the band's just like so much busier now it's pretty much always on my mind to be honest um but uh i was like man i was like i think i I think that like Craigslist ad was like circa 2012, 20, like 13. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like 10 years is like, you know, we're, we're pretty much there. Like, and, and uh, it's, it feels like yesterday, but also like, you know, yeah, like these guys are family and like, we, it's like, we've always been, we've always been super tight. Yeah. It's like, we were all friends and, and family for a period of time, like just, figuring out who we wanted to be as a band and like what kind of music we wanted to make. And then like in the last, you know, few years, last like five, two, two to five years, it's like, it went from us figuring out who we were as artists, like separately to like, Oh no, like this is a thing we're doing all together. And we know what we want as a group and we're all committed. There isn't like, you know, considering meandering and, and trying other things and not being fully, one foot in the door, one foot out the door, like all on the same page, all ready to ready to rock. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that's huge. You know, I talked to a lot of artists. I've been doing music journalism for 18, almost 19 years now. So I've seen them in all stages and whatnot. And I think one of the the most disheartening things, like especially on the journalism side, is seeing a band that, you know, not everybody's fully committed. And then you do an interview or, you know, you really start digging somebody's sound and you're like, when's the next thing coming out? And it's like, oh, they broke up. Like, shit, <laughs> there's nothing else there. Tough times, man. Tough times with awesome bands not making it past the first few records. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially in today's industry, like there's so much competition, right? The market is way yeah. oversaturated. So it's really hard to to for a lot of people to gauge like, am I doing enough or am I successful enough? And, you know, that's where you guys can speak to this. I'm sure obviously with, you know, almost a decade in now, um, 
measuring success is not always obviously the monetary side of things. Like we right. all want to be Justin Bieber and make millions of dollars, but <laughs> the realistic side of it is okay. But does this make me happy? Does it fulfill my soul? Okay. Can I sustain that? Exactly. Cause like a lot of it, a lot of the industry is always changing in certain ways, especially because as a, like as being entertainment, ultimately, you're always looking for, you know, different modes of marketing, different ways of reaching fans, different, you know, I guess techniques that you can apply in the studio. Like it's always changing and it really does challenge you to stay on top of whatever the next thing is, whatever is the most convenient way to, to reach fans. And I think, you know, going back to even what you were just saying about how, you know, bands not making it, it it's, it's not even, you know, partially like the, the group, but then once you have that solid group together, then you have to handle, you know, okay, well, financially, how are things going to go, right? Because a lot of people have a really difficult time, especially with doing original music, with making the kind of money that you would need to, you know, keep things going, right? I mean, it's, it's like, you know, none of us are doing this as our main source of income, right? Like, we're, we're doing this because we love it, we have the passion for it, but, you know, just, just, what with, you know, everything going on financially, I guess, even in the world recently, it becomes even more challenging for a lot of those really talented, awesome musicians that are doing amazing work that just couldn't do it even, you know, especially now with, with where things are. It's, it's tough. It can be tough at times. Yeah, for sure. And I, I just pulled up the stacks. I wanted to, to read it verbatim. So as of March of 2021, um, 60,000 songs were being uploaded to Spotify alone every day, which equates out to 22 million tracks per year. So like putting all that in perspective, like how the fuck do you get noticed? You know, like there's so much out there. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's paradoxical because there's just no more like gatekeepers, like record industry, people who really like actually have a gate, like have a key on distribution. So, you know, it, without their approval, then, your music literally can't get to people, but it's just an ocean of like noise, quite literally. And uh, how do you get people to like pay attention to you on social media? Like that's been really like one of the one of the steepest hills for us to climb is like, uh, you know, really none of us feel like we have a super strong like social media networking bone in our body. And, um, <laughs> you know, I and it's it's just so hard to. You know, like we're, I don't know, we're like guys, we're a band and uh, the other aspects of it is like that, that part's like, like brand new for us in this, uh, in this latest push. And um, it's like, I don't know, there, there's a lot of joy in like learning and discovering that as well. But um, it, it's like feeling that struggle to get noticed in that, you know, massive amount of, of music that's just out there is so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think, you know, that's where you guys can speak on this um, because obviously one of the big things we wanted to touch on is you guys just uh, signed with open your ears records. So talk about the importance of finding the right team, you know, like obviously what we're talking about right now, you know, finding someone that knows social media or that can get you to the right press team or whatever. What's that been like? I mean, obviously it's a new relationship, but what's that like seeing, a team environment come in. I mean, it's 
it's been critical for us, you know, navigating the last couple of years, especially since the pandemic happened, making the right decisions, finding the right partners. I think something that's probably a, a steep ramp for most bands in this day and age is that there's so many people who are looking to ride on your coattails or offer services to the market, right? Mm-hmm. And and want to view all the bands that are coming out and offering up new music and are hustling to get noticed and, and put out their art. It's just become, I think, with the volume and with the way that the market's changed, bigger business opportunities for more people to come in and offer services and try to get involved, right? So it's a competitive landscape for that stuff. And it's also something where it's so important to have people that you can trust and people who have a track record they can prove to you, right, of making the right decisions. Because there are a lot of people out there that'll, you know, ask you to pay them to deliver results. And some of them will deliver very clear results against what they're, they're offering in services. Then there are, you know, people that are looking to invest in your business. And that's a different kind of partnership, right? That's where you and your partner are basically tying your fates together and saying, we're going to both invest in this business. And hopefully, you know, the art speaks to people, right? And it resonates. And then that money is is invested in a, in a good place. I mean, either way, the art is something that you can be proud of. But as business partners, when you have partners like that, that's, that's definitely a piece of it. You can't ignore it. And the the place you want to live in is the place where those two things commingle and everything is locked in and you, you have mutual trust and you're both, you're both pushing. Right. So for us, I think in the beginning of the pandemic, we started to really, I think, step it up with networking and trying to, you know, build stronger relationships with the bands we hosted, the bands that we were touring with or gigging with and like really lean into those relationships, the relationships with, the awesome other musicians that we've seen play, we've seen, you know, crush shows, sell places out, be generous, like help us out and go through that network to meet good people. And then, you know, if you keep delivering on your end, right, like contributing to the community, contributing to the scene, making those relationships, that's where you find the partners who help you get to where you are. Cause the work is never going to get done by anyone, but you, um, but having the right partners makes it so that we're all working together to build this thing, which is like a scene that's making awesome music that we all want to be a part of. Right. Yeah. Yeah, No, I think that's a a really good observation because like, you're right. There are so many people that, especially this day and age that kind of have their hands out, like, Hey, if you give me money, I can do X, Y, Z for you. But if there's no, numbers backing, you know, no case study, if you will. Um, you know, I'm in marketing myself during my day job. So like seeing a case study and going, okay, there's a track record. There is proof that you can pull this off is much different than just going, okay, cool. Here's, you know, $2,000. What can you do for a month? And then being in the same boat that you were in just $2,000 lighter. <laughs> Sure. And like, I mean, it's, it's always, it's not always an exact science either. I mean, it's really nice to be like finding the right team is crucial and, you know, finding somebody that gives back, but you never really know. I mean, there, there's so many people who put themselves out to be like really supportive of the scene, really well connected, hyped about, you know, the art that you're creating and they take your money and they disappear. 
And I mean, we've all, you know, seen that we've all unfortunately had those experiences where, you know, somebody doesn't turn out to be who they claim to, or, you know, takes advantage of a, a band that, that has the money to invest back in themselves. Um, I just, I, I can't ignore that. Like definitely what got us eventually to, to open your ears records and like forming that genuine good relationship with them is just the fact that we've, we've gone through it. I mean, you know, we've made right. those mistakes in the past. We've, you know, been really excited and then, Oh crap, I guess we're not getting that money back. Kind of. You know? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think as well, um, you know, like it, that with open ears happened like really organically through like, um, you know, a few other bands that we played with and developed relationships with. And uh, so we had a lot of confidence, like, in our friendships with um, with other bands like House and Home and uh, Flight Club. And uh, so it was sort of a natural introduction. And I think as well, sort of like uh, that the band's been around a bit longer and that we all have had like uh, more, I guess, like corporate or professional jobs. I think that those skills really like came in handy when it came time to to discuss like what the nature of that relationship was going to be like and you know managing expectations um so it's just been like yeah like a really like organic but it feels very like adult kind of relationship that's that started with open ears for sure yeah and i i think you know it's funny you say adult because it it does feel like that sometimes where the music industry for whatever reason is still viewed very much as a juvenile landscape, you know, yes. like, oh, it's just a bunch of kids and their damn guitars or whatever. And it's like, no, but these are people pursuing their dream. It's not anybody's fault that you gave up on your dream, you know, like let them live. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just think also, you know, every industry has different ways that it functions in terms of generating revenue, generating attention, delivering value and i think with music it's very specific in that it's through entertainment and these experiences that happen with people of all ages but specifically within you know different scenes you know younger people and people who are out there and defining the culture right and i think because of that and because of the nature of how you monetize that it's it's pretty different. So I think that's kind of why it has maybe that kind of reputation. But I actually feel like with the democratization of music and distribution and all that, it's almost like applying pressure to the market to almost have to be like, well, like things have to be stepped up and run in a much more organized way, even in a DIY sense, yeah. because the market is just the way it is, right? And as a result there there are those people right but also there's a lot more adulting in, even in pop punk and emo <laughs> yeah yeah no it, it's it's funny too because you know i'm 37 so uh pop punk is and emo are kind of my my go-to like growing right. up with the wonder years bayside newfound glory like oh yeah seeing all these bands you know kind of from their inception too and then it's like like I've interviewed uh, Dan from the Wonder Years at Warp Tour one year, and we were joking about how like it's six hours into the day we're doing this interview, and both of us are like, our feet fucking hurt. Like we became old men. <laughs> like our feet hurt, our backs hurt. Like we are the thing that like I'm never gonna be my dad. I'm my dad. Like fuck. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have songs about that too. They've got some lyrics about her, like backs hurting. And yeah. Just... yeah, yeah. No, and I, I think you know, moving into kind of this relationship and now the new EP, um, kind of it it's the perfect storm, right? Like it's not like a, Oh, we're in the middle of a a cycle and we just switched labels or we picked up a label or anything. It's like, okay, we've, we've created a a body of work. Obviously you guys have the previous work too, but like you've got this new body of work and it's like, okay, now's our time that we really want to push. Um, Not that you didn't want to push before, but we have the opportunity to push a product out and really showcase ourselves. Yeah, I really agree. And um, this at, at the beginning of COVID, we really did like, you know, take a look at ourselves um, and decide like, what are we, what, are, how we, I remember us saying like, how are we going to use this as an opportunity? How are we going to, because we were gathering a lot of momentum, getting more like offers and um, we had just released Dumb Luck as a single. And, uh, you know, there was momentum and we felt, oh man, like, we don't want this to interrupt this like new swell or wave or whatever metaphor you want to use. Right. Um, and, uh, we just, uh, we really, really poured ourselves into writing during that time. And when it was like safe, we went to like our DC studio, shout out Ivacota, Ben Green in Washington, DC. Um, and, and we wrote like 15 full instrumental demos and like this EP is like five and a half of like that best work. And I really, you know, that once we were doing that, just kind of internally, like the the quality of work and like how much we believed in like ourselves, I think really like that kind of shines outwards and like is, is fueling the energy, is fueling like the quality of like relationships that we're having. And um, it is, it's a really exciting and it does really feel like we've got this new, this new thing we're ready to like obviously share with everyone and, and and catch this next wave you know and by the way the 15 yeah. was 15 out of like probably like 30 that were like songs we had <laughs> but like 15 that we sat down and grinded through the demos to the point where eventually we went into Ivacota, like marty said and fully recorded them like ourselves basically everything every instrument everything arranged completely except for the vocals you know we you know Jono had worked on it a bit but that's how much you know how high we started and how much we we really looked at the quality of the product before we finished no and i, yeah. I think um oh, go ahead no go ahead cam so i was gonna say you know this whole this whole opportunity with moments our new ep it, it's just very fortuitous how kind of how everything came together because we had a previous EP, Nature versus Nurture, had awesome songs that we fully loved playing live. Um, but I think it was a lesson learned for us because we were hoping that it would get a lot of momentum, but it didn't. So when that happened, it was kind of like a punch to the gut a little bit. Like we were really hoping for something special to come out with that last EP. But when we got together and wrote uh, Moments, I remember all of us were in the studio and we all just had this big smile on our face because it was such a powerful, you know, these were powerful five and a half songs that we were stoked about. So I think as Marty pointed out, we were kind of adulting. We were, we were thinking very carefully, okay, how can we seize this opportunity seize this moment 
and really push something special out there. So I, I like to think the whole thing with open your ears was just kind of a, a fortuitous opportunity that, you know, got us to, you know, where we're at today on a podcast, you know, fucking talking to you pretty badass. So, um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to point that out too, that, uh, you know, we, we, we are just super stoked about this EP and, um, it, it's just, we can't wait for the world to hear it. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, kind of the part that I was going to go after, I think you've kind of answered it, but what's that like, uh, writing process like for you guys? Is it typically the instrumentals first and then go back and find words to fit? Do you go in with, you know, concepts or hooks and go, what can we work around? Like, what does that process as a band look like? Well, yeah, we, I, yo, go ahead, Jonah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Jonah. I mean, I mean, generally it, what we, what we've been doing so far is like, we'll, we'll toss around demos. Like, like we've, we've got the band group chat and, you know, Dave or like him, like, like, like just somebody posts something to the chat and goes, Hey, I was really feeling this. What do you guys think? And then that gets tossed around like, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more, it gets fleshed out. And at some point, you know, we have all of these demos, we have all of these things. And then at some point we get to like, all right, like we really like where this song is. Like we kind of like the structure of this, um, lay that down. Um, and vocals usually come later and like, like that's usually how we'd been doing it in the past until more recently when we got to, um, working with Nick Brusesi of, uh, man overboard, um, at his studio up in, uh, in New Jersey, where he actually would come in where we have all of those instrumentals together and we would just sort of toss around ideas and we would sort of, you know, look at each one, think about how they fit, you know, in, in the context of another song um thinking about how the structure of the song is and i i personally feel very fortunate in terms of my position in the band because all that hard work goes into things and then everybody comes to me and goes all right jonah here's some songs put some put some vocals on it you know write write the lyrics and, and it's it's honestly the way that i i really love writing vocals because it's it's so much fun to take this this music that everybody has poured so much into, has, has put so much emotion and heart into, and then see what that song does for me. Like see where that song puts me. Um, and then, so usually like, like once they're all done, I'll just put the headphones on, hit play, and I'll just word vomit on a page, you know, just stream of consciousness, see where it takes me. And usually the lyrics for the song come out of that. Like it just, it, it ends up working, working really well. Um, it's, it's definitely been a development for our writing, you know, compared to where we were originally, just like pulling all everything together. And now, you know, we have help, you know, with, with Nick, um, or, you know, who knows what the future of our writing style may look like at some point, but, uh, but it's, it's really exciting. It's, it's a really awesome process. Uh, so I'm going to ask, do you ever get that, that self doubt, you know, of, you get this passion project from the rest of the guys and you start putting words down and you're like, shit, is this good enough? You know, like, are they going to hate me when I send this back? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. We set the I bar high for Jonah. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get that a lot. And the way that I deal with it is, is I sort of allow myself to indulge the more toxic, like self-doubt, <laughs> self-deprecation and go, well, okay, yeah, I am a piece of shit. Yeah, I do suck at this. So 
guess I'm just going to see how this turns out. But amazingly, you know, every single time, no matter how stoked I am from a song and even more recently, like I've, I've always been really excited about where things were, but even, even earlier on, whenever I would, you know, show something to the guys like, Hey guys, like not sure how they're going to like it or like maybe. And then like, they listen to it and they go, dude, this is awesome. This is great. Go ahead, go in the booth right now and lay this down. It's, it's, it's always been really validating. And, and the atmosphere I feel like in our writing is always very supportive of each other. We're, we're not, you know, the kind of like really shut things out or be super, you know, surgical about things. It's, it's always very supportive, always. Well, oh yeah. Well, what if we also tried this? Like, oh, cool. I like that. Yeah. What if we had this in? And I think from that, we really do pull out the best in each other as, as songwriters. Jonah works very, very well under pressure. He's just like, yeah, it, it, but we do watch him go through that process for sure. And I think that um, this time with, uh, with, with this upcoming record, working with Nick Bersesi, um, having him in the mix is like really, was really, really um, important for us. We're, and most of us are engineers. So we've like self-recorded, self-produced everything up to this point. And, um, yeah, it's really awesome. And also like just to um, shout out like Dave, Dave is going to be doing like some more vocals on um, on these songs and contributed a lot as well, like lyrically. So it's sort of shifting into this more um, obviously like, you know, John, we give these we do trust Jonah like with these songs and he's just always like knocked it out of the park for sure. But it is sort of like um, it's a changing dynamic, you know, and it's really it's it's a lot of fun for sure. Next thing you know, Jonah's going to pick up a guitar. Oh, God. <laughs> no, That's I right. love that. <laughs> I think, though, the, the thing that I took away from both of those answers is going back to the fact that you guys have said you're all friends and like that makes that process so much more safe as well, because there isn't the egos or anything where people are like no, you fucked up my part, you know, like, that's not what I envisioned at all, whatever, like, you guys can mutually be like, yeah, maybe that's not the best thing for that part. Let's shift that here and, and try something else. And I think that's where, you know, hopefully, uh, young bands or even old bands that are, you know, evaluating band members or whatever, like, really look at yourselves and go, you know, is this what's best for the band? Or am I looking at it as what's best for me? Because, you know, there's a uh, a documentary from back in the Warp Tour days called No Room for Rockstars. And it's about like how you can't have an ego when you're busting your ass every day as a DIY band and stuff because you're going to get shit on. Like there's going to be days where you don't want to do it anymore. But if if you don't have any egos in the band, if you're all friends, like you're going to be able to pick yourselves up, carry on and figure out the best way to move forward. Yeah. Deer Spring is definitely a, a second marriage uh, for me. I mean, these guys, one of the, one of the biggest, I think like, you know, uh, skill sets that we have, you know, we're, we're awesome musicians, I feel like, but we also have empathy for each other. And I think that's the one thing that really, you know, makes us uh, a unified band is because we, we can catch each other. If one person's feeling down, we'll be able to cheer that person up. And, you know, and we can always put ourselves in that other person's shoes. So um, I think that's kind of explained the longevity of this band. As Marty pointed out, we've been friends for 10 years, but that's also means Deer Springs been around for 10 years too. And uh, it's just, it's just amazing to say, see where we're at and we're, 
you know, still four original members in the band. So that's a, that's a pretty cool feeling. Yeah. I think especially by today's standard, like that's quite the Testament because most bands don't make it past year two or three. It seems like anymore and things fall apart or they, you know, there's like no middle ground. It's either they fail early and just fall apart or 20 years down the road, they're still kicking ass and doing their thing. Oh yeah. Uh, so with, with the new EP moments, uh, let's dive into a little bit, you know, it, it, it's one of those, I think it's, it's a perfect showcase for what you guys are doing to evolve your sound. And I don't want to say you're changing your sound because it's not that far of a difference, but it has evolved. You guys have expanded on your, your soundscapes and things like that. Obviously it was a conscious decision in the sense that you knew what you were doing, but was it an intentional decision that like we need to try to push the boundaries or did it just come organically as well? I'll just start by saying, I think part of it was we were all listening to different music too. Like that's definitely a big part of it. Like, like, and, and this is after the, the, um, we, we recorded the songs, but like, just a couple of weeks ago, Cam got me to go to like an Alice in Chains show. And that's not something I never would have done probably like five years ago, six years ago, not knocking Alice in Chains. Like I love it now. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> like, but there's definitely some like changing on uh, my part, at least with, with the songs I wrote, I leaned into certain influences. I had a bit more and there's new bands I was listening to were and sounds that I thought were cooler than stuff that I was playing and listening to, you know, five, 10 years ago. So that was a big part of it for me. And then, and then I think collectively, again, just taking it back to that theme from earlier, we all got really on the same page in the last three years. And part of that was being really honest about what kind of music we wanted to make and the sound. Um, it wasn't easy to all get on the same page about it, but the good news is whatever we make, is the product of all of us, right? And it's not like, there's definitely no step in the writing process where any of us is like, your style of doing this needs to be muted, so you're gonna do this differently. It's it's all still all of us pulling from our influences and expressing ourselves, but it's more on the same page of like, how do we wanna do that as a unit? Um, but that that's just my perspective. Every idea really gets, um, you know, gets its own day in court, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> and the best idea wins. Like, you know, it's like, well, it's just like the idea that we get most excited about. And we weren't really paying too much, like, attention to, like, genre. You know, it just, that's what the, that's the style, the pop punk elements of us is just who we are naturally. So that's what really comes out. But it was very like, let's try whoever has an idea gets to pitch it. We try it. And then, you know, whatever gets us most excited was is what landed on the record. Uh, so without one of the questions I don't ask anymore, because I did it when I was a young journalist, um, <laughs> I, I don't ask what any song is specifically about anymore, because I don't want to take it away from a listener, right? Like we all make connections with music in different ways. And what one song means to you may mean something totally different to somebody else. But from a conceptual standpoint, we'll say, we'll get kind of, you know, 
spiritual on it or whatever, but from a conceptual standpoint, what's your favorite, each of you, what's your favorite track on the new EP and what was the hook that caught you like lyrics or guitar riff or whatever? Well, I can go first. Um, For me, and I think the guys are not going to be surprised by this. um, For me, it's the next song we're going to release, which I will not name today. Uh, But um, when it comes out, which won't be too long from now, um, it really excited me because it gave me the opportunity to lean into, again, like some influences that I hadn't incorporated into the songs I wrote for Deer Spring before. And I also got to contribute a lot lyrically and I really poured a lot of, you know, uh, how I was feeling and just processing certain, certain feelings and things going on in my life into the music and into what I wrote. And the fact that the other guys dug it and understood the vision, which was like a really well-formed, different step for the band. Um, And that everybody sort of got it and dug it. And I understood the influences I was pulling from too and and where I wanted to go with it. It's just, I'm over the moon about how it all turned out. Yeah. Uh, I will say that this is slated to go up on may the 18th so if okay. the song will be out by then feel free to name it if you still don't okay. want to, that's fine too yeah it's uh our next single new speak okay yeah sorry <laughs> no, no you're totally good i i meant to tell you guys that at the beginning just be based on like where i'm at in the the rotation of things and whatnot but um yeah so next up It'd be funny if Josh just said, oh, we're live right now, guys. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Say hi to the world. (laughs) Say hi to the world. So who else wants to take that one? Yeah, you're not going to go with that, Cam, after you're cracking a joke? Okay, okay, I'll I'll go, I'll go. So um, I don't know. So since this is slated to be out in mid-May, I don't know if I can say this song, but... um, just say the number Uh, yeah i'll just i'll just say it so it's a it's vultures um what i really liked about the song is actually dave kind of you know he came up or he laid down the foundation of the song and when we when we had it i was just like oh my god i hear so much grunge because i'm i'm on the (laughs) older side too and i and i grew up listening to like you know mud honey you know soundgarden allison chains and all those bands and i was just like fuck yeah, dude, I could like lay something really, really grungy. And then <laughs> we brought it to the band and, you know, it was great because we had that collaborative spirit and I love that. But when, when Marty and Jonah listened to it, they said it sounded like dad rock. <laughs> and, <that> was... <laughs> and I was just like, no, but we're so close. But the great thing is we, you know, we were able to like tastefully add those parts and it morphed into something that, you know, was a nice, you know, compromise for everyone, I felt like. And what I love about that, um, what that sound is, it, it just, it reminds me, like, I love Manchester Orchestra. It gives me that vibe, um, uh, especially from their, like, you know, their debut album. And uh, it's it just, it just gives me goosebumps every time I hear it and every time I play it. So I am super stoked for uh, everyone to hear Vultures. All right. Well, 
I'm I'm really torn be- between like two tracks. Um, but I guess I guess I'll go with the one that like from the moment that I heard it, even in demos, I was super stoked. And that was that was the first single we released every now and then. I I really love that song because of of pretty much most of the tracks we that we're releasing on this EP. It's definitely one that hits a lot more of the buttons for me in terms of where I come from musically. Like I, I'm a huge fan of like sort of pop punk stuff, like, like for your strong, you mentioned the wonder years, set your goals, like, like all that kind of stuff, still super into that kind of music. And right off the bat, hearing that, like that two time, that really fast drum beat. Um, and, and even the guitar lead, which like still to this day gets stuck in my head, like the like I, I absolutely <laughs> love that so much. And and for that song, actually, that was one also where Dave had put in like I guess at the time it was like I don't want to say placeholder, but it was just like vocals or just yeah. like lyrics that were gonna you fit in there for the for the moment. And when I started working on it, we had still you know we still had that there and. I actually was able to sort of develop that out, sort of like take what was already there and and morph it around sort of the different vibes that the song was giving me. Um, and I, I I just, I really like that song. And also the end, like, I, I just, I love that sort of breakdown feel that we have. It gives me an opportunity to just jump around like an idiot on stage when we do it. So that's, that's definitely the one for me. Solid. <laughs> yeah, I would, I, I'm kind of torn between two. I'm, Cam, I'm really glad that you mentioned Vultures because uh, it's it sort of really highlights that like the best idea wins. And even if it is a little like dad rock, like it's only it's still awesome. And it's like, you know, it's it's uh, that's only my own like ego being like that's not cool or whatever like the song's awesome and it, you know, it is. Oh, really yeah. awesome. That's dad rock. I want to start listening to dad rock like dang, uh, I don't like. <laughs> Maybe an earlier version. It's a nod. It's just a little nod in the direction. Yeah, exactly. It's just a nod <laughs> in the direction. Um, but my favorite is going to be the 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 closer on the on the record. Um, that one was just like a demo that snuck in at the tail end, and we were all really excited about it. And we we're kind of fighting the like, um, is this one like it? Came, it sort of like came to Dave like in a moment and it sort of like left his fingers and it was a full song right away. And uh, we were just like, is it, is it cool? Cause it's new and exciting or is it like actually really cool? And it was just like one of the, that song for me is like deer spring and it's in it's like most efficient state. It just like came together so naturally. It has like this really slow, long build at the end, this real long crescendo. And that's like one of like my favorite things that we do as a band. And we're just like, it was like all, it's a pretty meaningful song, like instrumentally for us. And then like Jonah just came in and like did, did what he does best. And um, it's, yeah, it's really, it's a, it's a moving song for sure. Yeah. I, I won't forget how Jonah laid down the tracks. He asked uh, Nick to turn down all the lights and light up some candles. I was like, the shit's getting No, Okay. Hold on. No, that was not me. That was like, okay came in there and Nick was like, yo, so we got some candles. Like I can turn the lights <laughs> out for you. And I was like, dang, you gonna buy me dinner first? Like shit. Like, but no, but I was like, I was like, well, I don't not want to light candles. Like I don't not want to turn off all the lights. And then all of a sudden I felt like it was in like a seventies R and B music video, which is awesome. It was great. It was fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that, but that was, that was a really, <laughs> that 
that was a really memorable moment, but you you laid down the best uh, vocal tracks that I've ever heard you lay down. So, yeah, I definitely feel that way about that song. Yeah, yeah. Now, now you know that that's what you have to do in every vocal take is candles. Like, did no you lights. bring candles? <laughs> did you turn the lights off? <laughs> no, I think I think those are all like. I mean, obviously, it encompasses most of of the EP, so super stoked for people to hear it. But I think the thing about all those, because I've gotten to listen to it twice through so far, um, is that like while they're all Deer Spring songs, they are different enough to showcase like the range that you guys have, you know. And it's not a oh, thanks. Yeah, you guys Thank aren't you, a cookie cutter band by any means. The track one is not track three. And I don't think they're fully interchangeable either. Yeah, I think that's right. That's one thing that for me, and I think we did a little bit of this on our last EP too, but for me, it's like, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, do we sound like six different bands on this EP? But then when I, especially once we had this one done and I could listen from it start to finish without any stops, just like listen through it like an album I was like, oh no, this like, this isn't, this is like a fully formed, beautiful, like piece of art that we've made that is like a real, real work of art, like a real work of art. Um, and not just like a collection of five good songs that we wrote. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you said, you know, the front to back thing too, because I'm a stickler about that. At least the first two times that I listened to an EP, an album, whatever, like it has to be front to back. Um, that first time is just kind of the surface level for me. Like what's catching my attention? Like, where am I, you know, bobbing my head, whatever. And then the second is when you start like listening to the lyrics and man, where'd they go with that guitar, things like that. But I think even when it's not a true concept album where it's telling a story, hearing a, a body of work like this front to back matters because obviously the songs are put in that order for a reason, but it also takes you on this like because they were arranged that way it takes you on this little bit of a journey even though the songs maybe aren't telling the same story you feel this this flow through them thanks josh that's a huge compliment and um i was really excited to hear you say that you know that the the six songs are are like unique and that was like that was a that was a goal um because we do like we feel like this is in a lot of ways like a new a new beginning um, or just the, at least the beginning of a, of a new chapter. And we're like, let's cast that net really wide, you know, and see what really what speaks to people. Let's see how what range we actually do have. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I do think, you know, like like I said, it's more of an evolution of sound for anybody that has listened to your private prior work and whatnot. Um, I don't think it's so far-fetched that they're going to be like, oh, what do they do? You know, this isn't like a, a sophomore slump album that a lot of bands go through or anything like that. It's it's like a gentle transition into, oh, there's, there's some more range here. Like they have ideas that they want to explore. And, and frankly, like like the, the different ideas and having that all together is another one of my favorite parts about adding the vocals on at the end. Because in a way, like, I, I feel like going into the vocal booth or like putting pen to paper is kind of like, okay, what's pulling this all together? Like, what is what is the message that's going through it? And like, 
you're absolutely right. Like, like, you know, lyrically speaking, I wasn't writing this to tell like a conceptual album across six songs, but it was coming from the same place. It was coming from like the same period of time in the same location and, and sort of going through that experience with everybody with writing and pulling the songs together so that I can sort of have that continuous thread that, that helps pull things together. Um, it's, it's always a concern though, you know, with, with the music that we write because we are so eclectic in our tastes and we, we like so many different things that it's like, okay, is this, so this is also deer spray. Okay, cool, cool. I just wanted to make, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's, it always feels like it could be a bit of a challenge pulling them together, but it wasn't until that moment that Dave was mentioning where, you know, we're able to listen to it all through where it's like, holy crap. Wow. Yeah, we did that. Like it, it's, you know, this is who we are as a band kind of a thing. It was immensely rewarding. And you didn't ask, because I know you have a rule against asking, but Jonah kind of just touched on really what this album's about and why it's called Moments, right? It's it's who we were. It's what we did. It's everything that was going on in our lives during those moments when we made this record. And the sound reflects that. Yeah, which, and and that's totally, totally cool. The big thing, like the big example that I use on why I don't ask specifically what a song's about anymore is there's a video that went kind of viral of Kelly Clarkson had Dave Grohl on her show and she was talking about learn to fly. And she's like, I love this song. And she thought it was like this mega metaphorical song about how like he was talking about free in his spirit and all this. And she's like, can you talk about it a little? And he looks her dead in the face and goes, I just wanted to learn how to fucking fly an airplane. And that song is about that. Like <laughs> it was such a literal thing for him. And she's got like this big moment with it. And she's like, Oh, like that's not even close to what I thought. 100%. Like I personally, I really like the Dave Grohl approach, but like one thing for me, that's very important when writing any music is sure, I mean, I'm writing it from a certain place. I've got a message that I'm trying to put forth, but I try really hard to not tie it too close to anything because like when I started listening to music, the kind of stuff that I really gravitated towards were instrumental tracks or music in different languages. And I loved that because I wasn't being pulled anywhere that, you know, that the like, you know, the band probably, you know, constructed and put a lot of effort into wanting to take me there. But I was like, no, I can actually just sit and enjoy that music. And it makes it so that every song is way more personal. And and so like, I, I really try, you know, through a lot of the songs to make it that way so that sure, yeah, it's from us, like, like, this is a message that we're putting forth, but I want somebody anywhere listening to our music to get something that's important to them out of, you know, in their life from whatever it is that we write. Right. Well, and, and tying back to Dave Grohl, he's actually got a, a quote uh, along those same lines as you. Like, he may write the song from a very specific standpoint, but he's, I forget where he was at. He was on stage somewhere and he said one of the things he loves about performing his songs and whatnot is that they mean one thing to him because he wrote them specifically about that one thing. But he goes out and he plays it and it means a thousand different things to a thousand different people. Yeah. Hundred percent, and and I, that's what I think is so cool about art, and like all art. I mean, and, and don't, I don't want to get necessarily into the whole separating the artist from the art, you know, right. kind of <laughs> right. But like at the same time, I think that underscores the power of what art is. I mean, you you really take it for what it is and for what's important to you. You know, some somebody might look at 
a painting and be like, oh yeah, I mean, that's kind of a cool painting or whatever. And then like somebody might see it and like be shocked in, you know, in their steps and like, you know, it changes their life kind of thing. I, like that is, there's so much power behind that. that that's, that's really awesome. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think with music, it, it kind of lends, lends itself to the whole, like, whatever you want to call it, the trend, I guess, the, the little flash in the pan that was blind reaction videos for the longest time on YouTube. Like, oh, I've never listened to this band, so I'm going to blind react to their song. And that that's cool and all. And like, it is what it is. But to me, you don't want to fully separate the artist because the artist is the reason that that piece of art exists and the, whatever they went through caused that art. Um, you know, and I, I'll take a shit on him, whatever. Machine Gun Kelly doesn't belong in pop punk. I'm sorry. And I could blind re react to his songs or know that it's him. And I just don't feel it, you know? And I was in a pretty heated debate with somebody the other day. And I said, honestly, though, if you take Travis Barker off of that album, it's a shit album. It doesn't work. But because Travis is there, it's like, okay, like I, I can get into it some, or I understand, but um, not that you guys have to shit on Machine Gun Kelly. I'll do that myself. But <laughs> That's fine. No, speak your mind, dude. I'll, I mean, Travis Barker, in my mind, he's like straying further from, you know, yeah. he, I, he's losing points with me. I'm like, what's going on, bud? I mean, you know, like I have any. No, obviously. I, I, don't know, it's just I totally get it. Like he's so far removed from what he was with blink and the transplants and like traditional punk and pop punk. And now it's like, Oh, you're fucking marrying a Kardashian. Like, what, what <laughs> I happened was kind here? of stoked when he was doing stuff with like suicide boys right. and stuff like that. I was like, okay, you know, this isn't my, this isn't my passion, but I was like, this is pretty sick. Like it was interesting and stuff, you know? Um, yeah. But I, yeah, who knows? Maybe he'll come back around. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, you know, that, but with that, we have Travis Barker on the line. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, no. Um, that'd be sick. Um, but no, like with Blink getting back together, I hope so for their sake that, you know, like the roots come back out. Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I think, you know, it's tying it back to the art and the artist, like, and, and kind of like the point of moments and tying a song to a moment that's what we all do instinctually right like you can think right now about like the worst breakup you ever had and you know exactly what song is that soundtrack and that's that's what i look at music as is like the soundtrack to my life because there's so much nostalgia and i can i can pinpoint you know when I was heavy into Bayside, it's pretty easy to see where my life was at at that moment. You know, yeah. like it, it's, it is what it is. We gravitate to the things that we relate to. And I think on all art forms, it's kind of that way. Isn't that crazy how like you can put a record on from 2004 and you're there? Like yeah. I, the other day, I just threw on Still Searching by Senses Fail and I was getting ready to go after high school, like after high school to a census fail concert, like with my friend. And it was, and my phone wasn't smart. I just used the, the, the thing where you click the numbers until the T9 last word. All right. T9, man. dude. T9. Shout <laughs> out to T9. In a moment. <laughs> back there. Yeah. 
No, and I, I think that's again the the power of art, and it is it is crazy, and that's why I think with like what you guys are doing, not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but like with what you guys are doing, it's creating these soundscapes that people are going to hook onto and go, cool. I know where I was at when I first heard this track or whatever, and hopefully that's a positive thing for for the listeners because obviously we don't fully want to be. Uh, tied to their negatives but at the same time like i think i speak for you guys on this if you're tied to one of their negative moments but you brought them through it like that's all you could ask for anyway like music is so healing in that fashion if i made you feel something deeply then then i've done what i wanted to do like that's what this is about for me at least no absolutely i feel the same way Dave. I just want them to, you know, I want the songs to evoke certain emotions from whoever is listening to it. And it doesn't have to be anything specific. And in fact, I almost like hearing that somebody like associates music that I've written with like one of the shittiest, most awful moments in their life. That honestly gets me really pumped because that's usually the times in my own life when I was going through some of the most difficult shit I've ever been through where music has been like the lifeline. It's been what pulled me through it. You know, it's been a way to verbalize and or externalize what I was feeling so that I don't feel so shitty about it anymore. And like, even though, yeah, I'll probably like never want to listen to that song again because it like pulls me back there, right? I mean, you know, we want people to listen to this stuff. But at the same time, like, like I would love to be there for someone like that. Like somebody going through their roughest time and, you know, my voice you know, coming through their headphones and our, our, you know, Marty's drums, Cam and Dave's guitars, like coming through and that's what like pulls them out. Hell yeah. Like that's, mm. that's fucking dope. Even if you never want to listen to it again, because it's like the worst, like moment you're like, whatever, but like, no, that's, that's totally, that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so kind of as we, we wrap up, cause I think that's a great segue into wrapping up because, you know, we're talking about the power of music um what's 2022 look like for you guys we obviously have the ep coming out um again this is coming out about mid-may so whatever you're allowed to to speak on at that point um but you know tours is there plans for local shows like kind of just what's the the year look like for you yeah i'm on that because i didn't write up the talking points for anybody else (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thank you all for uh, being interested in learning about Deer Spring. Uh, <laughs> we are playing um, at in Fredericksburg, uh, Virginia, um, at the Rec Center on June 11th. So that'll be coming up um, after this comes out. Also, we're playing May 20th um, in Chesapeake, Virginia, at the Riff House Pub. Really excited for that. Going to um, link up with some of our homies from uh, Open Your Ears Records while we're there, which will be cool. Uh, we're not playing with any of the bands from the label, but we'll be seeing some label friends. Um, and then uh, hopefully we'll be announcing some tours. We've got some tours planned for uh, later in June and also for the fall and some cool shows in August, all of which probably won't be announced yet at the point uh, that this comes out. Lots of more reason for them to follow you. Yeah, yeah. Check follow our follow our Instagram, our TikTok, our Facebook, all that stuff, and you'll find it. I put it in a very easy place to find with a single button. How about that? (laughs) I feel like there should have been a PowerPoint there. Am I the only one that felt like that was (laughs) 
<laughs> Wait, you get you didn't see Dave cast his slides? What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You see business, business, profit, <laughs> and uh, yeah. graphs. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's sick. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, so since we did the fun fact, uh, you know, to, to kick off the episode, um, you're talking about some shows, obviously, I guess you could leak it without leaking it, but if you guys were to set up a tour and you had some dream, you know, tour mates, who would you guys want to go out on tour with? Oh my God. Well, yeah, I know the list is forever long. I, <laughs> yeah. Top of that list for me is Citizen. That's that would be huge if we get on a citizen tour. Oh my god! I'm y'all aren't going to be surprised by what I'm about to say. But like, what are you going to say, Jonah? If we <laughs> ever got on a tour with four year fucking strong, I would die happy. Like that would that would. I mean, you know, it's the boys. Just, the... They're the boys. I freaking love those guys. Yeah. Solid. Marty and Cam. <laughs> yeah, Cam, I don't know. You, I mean, if, you know, if we're really, <laughs> really thinking the sky's the limit, like you know the um, like the story so far, or some huge titan like that. I mean, that would just <laughs> be incredible. Um, but we're, um, you know, we're making a lot of friends really quickly. So, we're just interested in growing the family and seeing. You know, I don't think that we really like. Oh, sorry. And I am getting um, getting mouthed Bayside by my wife. Who's like, <laughs> a diehard, diehard fan for sure. Yeah. Which would be awesome. I, I support so that. On my list. I support that. Yeah. Cam, weren't you talking about like really hoping we get on with like Meshuga or like some Valhalla? <laughs> like, you know, getting on some tours with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Cam, that was what you We'll definitely, uh, yeah, we'll definitely take it down a notch for, for the fans of Meshuggah being like, this is a quiet one for you guys. Um, <laughs> so I, I think, I think uh, one of my, you know, all time favorite bands, uh, and this is actually how I met my wife, we bonded over Jimmy Eat World. Um, I still love those guys. Those guys are a big inspiration to me because, you know, they're all dads, they're still doing it and they're, they're fucking rocking and touring and doing all that. And, you know, this is a, this is my childhood dream that has just, you know, turned into reality. So I would really love to tour with them because, um, you know, I, I, it's, I, I go back to that album Futures. I mean, it's just a solid album, you know, from front to back. So um, I would love to love to be on a tour with those guys. Um, so I think that's everything. Dave, I'm going to kick it back over to you since apparently you're the PowerPoint king here. Uh, where can people follow you on, on social media? Um, I'm obviously going to link it all, but you know, it's always yeah. nice for people to verbalize it. For sure. You just, just try to remember Deer Spring DC, all one word. Uh, that's what you can, that's where you can find us on Instagram. It's where you can find us on TikTok. Um, it's where you can find us on Twitter. Uh, and you can find us at, uh, slash Deer Spring on Facebook. Um, it's all at link tree with the backslash deer spring so if you go there you'll find all of our links uh including our most recent music video that open your ears records put out and yeah um so 
we can go around the, the room again on this one, but uh, final words. What do you want to tell people that either are fans already or that are coming into the circle to check you out? Get so hype because it's just going to be cooler, uh, more sophisticated, more interesting, more exciting art that's coming soon. And we can't wait. I would just say um, that I would express gratitude for the people who already listen to us like so much. And, um, you know, I'm feeling very optimistic and hopeful for all of you future fans out there. Uh, I, I definitely feel like our music is, is timeless and it's shifting into that. And, uh, you know, for the adult fans, they'll feel a sense of nostalgia. And for the young fans, it's probably going to be, uh, a new terrain for them. Uh, one last thing, shout out to T9 texting T9. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the kids are going to be so confused. Like what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Who is this old fucking guy? Yeah. A bunch of old dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Jonah, you're up. Last one. Man, Deer Spring Kicks, dicks. Let's go. That's what I got to say. Come out to a show and like it's, it's freaking tight. We'll have a great time. That's that's the kind of energy you're going to get. So, see you there. Awesome, guys. Again, I appreciate your time. I'm so glad the whole band was able to do this cuz it just makes it that much more fun. Um, but yeah, I I'm stoked for it. I'll keep my eye on the the tour dates and everything as well. Uh, I'm in Indiana, so you know I know it's a little bit of a drive for you. But if you get over this way, we'll uh, see if we can't link up and maybe do this in person and do some show photography and all that. That'd be sick, man. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, thank you so much, Josh. Yeah, thanks, man. Not a problem. Thanks, guys. So thankful, Josh. All right. See ya. Peace <laughs> out, man. Good luck. All right. And that was my conversation with the guys in Deer Spring. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Huge shout out to them as well for getting everybody online. Um, I know especially when everybody has day jobs and things like that, it can be really tough to get everybody together for a band practice, let alone uh, to do press and interviews and things like that. So big shout out over there. Uh, really appreciate that. Be sure that you guys are following them on social media. Um, as always, I'll have that linked in the description of this podcast, um, but if you find them in one place, you'll be able to find them everywhere else, so, um, you know, definitely give them a shot, give them a, a follow, things like that. Let them know what you think. If this is the first time you're hearing of them, um, let them know that you came from You Make the Scene and that this is why you're listening, um, just because, you know, that would be super dope. Uh, but they do have a new EP coming out that is coming out on June 3rd via open your ears records. Uh, and that EP is called moments. So definitely want you guys checking this out. I've had the chance to listen to it, uh, and it does not disappoint. So I, at least not to me. So I think you guys need to at least give it a shot. Um, you know, and it's one of those things where I know I recommend, you listen to an artist every single week, every single episode. I tell you to go listen to whatever they've put out recently and things like that. But I don't think it's asking too much. If you've sat here for an hour uh, listening to their interview, why not give them another 45 minutes or whatever for an EP or an album? Um, see if it's something you dig. If not, 
turn it off and go about your day. But if it is something you dig, definitely uh, support them in any way that you can. And that's as simple as liking their stuff on social media, following them, uh, sharing it for your friends and, and family to see and all that. Uh, there's plenty that you can do that is absolutely free. Uh, and it actually goes a really long way for artists. So do all that stuff. That's everything I've got for you regarding Deer Spring. Uh, over on the You Make the Scene side, we have a ton of new episodes coming out. We've done a few album reviews that you guys should go check out. We reviewed the new State Champs album. We've reviewed the new Simple Plan album. There's a review for Sophie Powers' new EP coming out. Um, we've got a bonus episode with her coming up where she talks about that. Um, and yeah, I, I just want you guys, you know, there's new merch on the way, things like that. You know, there's a lot of really cool stuff happening. Um, a lot of concerts being, being photographed and things. So any support we can get on likes and shares of photos, things like that would be awesome as well. And that's it. That's everything guys. Um, so as always, I want you to remember Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.